Hello, podcast listeners. So we're here on episode 58 of the Access Potential Podcast, and this is a special one because I'm sharing the top five tools, takeaways, tips, action items, strategies, whatever you want to call it, the top five takeaways from the last 50 episodes. So I've done a lot of solo episodes and I've had the opportunity to sit with some great minds, leaders, business owners, coaches, practitioners, people who are carving their own path and learn more about what makes them tick. So in this podcast, yes, I focus primarily on communication, on soft skills, on leadership, on tools mindsets or ways of being that are powerful for small business owners, almost essential really to not just create but to thrive and to continue to thrive sustainably as a small business owner. So we're going to dive deep. We're going to go into five of these uh, which are taken from the last 57 episodes and I'm going to share Each one, and I'm also going to give specific action items that you can go away and implement or execute on as soon as literally today or tomorrow and start to cultivate and bring this stuff into your own work or into your own business. So without further ado, I'm going to get stuck in. Thank you so much for listening. This is John Marsh, and you're listening to episode 58 of the Access Potential Podcast. So a couple of years ago when I was down in Melbourne, owned the gym, I was really interested in breathing and movement and integrating breath with the movement. Uh, This was probably eight or nine years down a journey in meditation in my own life and retreats, these sorts of things. And I came across the work of uh, a guy, his name was Simon Borg Olivier. And all of a sudden I was looking at his stuff, enjoying what he had written, especially around the breathing and the pranayama. And all of a sudden, he's got a workshop that pops up not that far from me in Melbourne, and there's a few spots left. So I jump into it straight away. I think it was the the next week. And I go in and I meet Simon. And there's a room of probably 20 to 25, mostly yoga teachers and myself. And we did a workshop on posture, movement, and breathing. And I was able to learn firsthand from Simon a lot of uh, you know his insights and what he talks about. So fast forward a year or so, and I had written this big ebook that you can get off the site. It's called Pillars of Power, and there's chapters around breathing. And Simon had been a big influence off the back of that workshop, so he's referenced in there. And I reached out to him because I had started this podcast and was very fortunate. He allowed me to come down to Sydney and sit with him and ask some more questions and find out more about his approach, his style, his insights, and the lessons that we can learn from him. So Simon is a yoga teacher. He teaches yoga teachers. Uh, He does um, teacher training for all types of practitioners and teachers uh, in Australia, in Bali, in India, and he runs workshops. He's a lecturer at university. He's a uh, physiotherapist. He's a really cool guy. We sat down in Bondi in his uh, mum's home and recorded this podcast while he was passing through town. And the key takeaways that I wanted to bring into this episode were this concept of perception and specifically the perception 
that is going on continuously at a subconscious level. This is the number one takeaway that I've put out of the top five. And the reason is that this perception is basically our tool. It's our ability to continue, our ability to continue with health. So we need to dig a little bit deeper so that this makes sense. When we look at the work of another guy, his name is Dr. Stephen Porges, we're introduced to this concept of neuroception. And neuroception is basically the subconscious perception that's happening as we walk into a room, as we meet other people. We were basically looking for threats. And if the environment is threatening, it will shift our physiology. Uh, we won't feel like we're interacting with anyone It'll raise stress hormones if the environment is non-threatening and our physiology adapts in that way. It goes the other way and we have a more abundant state and we're welcoming to social engagement. So we want to hang out and you know connect with people. So in Simon's work, what really drew me in originally was this concept of the way that we breathe, the way that we move at a subconscious level can be doing a similar thing. It can be influencing our perception of what's going on. Now, why is this important to small business owners today? Well, we need to think about it. So in Simon's world, he's talking about this concept through movement, for example. So if we're moving uh, through our exercise, through our training, and we've got a lot of strain, through the body and a lot of strain through the facial muscles. Our breathing is uh, fast hyperventilation and strained breathing. This is sending a message to the subconscious mind that we're in a state that is threatening. So this shifts the physiology, raises stress hormones, and starts to send these messages to the physical body, to the physiology, that the thing that we're doing is stressful. So in this way, sometimes what we engage in, although it might seem to be healthy or health promoting on the outside, can actually be perceived as a stressor that's doing us harm. Now, when we flip into the world of small business owners, and this is where I talk a lot about perception, it's important that we set up our work, our environment, how we actually go about our business such that we're sending the same loving information through the physical body and our physiology. So what does this mean? Well, if we listen to Simon, we're looking at physical body, we're looking at how we hold tension, we're looking at our breathing, and the takeaways are that we wanna be breathing in a relaxed manner through, in and out through the nose into the lower, you know, the lower belly area with a relaxed, slower breathing pattern. So when we're working, when we're in our office, when we're you know executing whatever it is that you do in your business in the day to day, start with the breathing. Start with the very the, you know the biggest gateway to the physiology, which is the breath. How are you breathing? Are you able to breathe in a relaxed fashion? Then the physical body. Are you holding tension? Is the way that you're sitting at your desk, the way that you're working, creating tension in the body? So this is super important because the take home is that we can try to do our best to frame up 
our work environment such that our subconscious mind is perceiving this whole thing that we do, social media, content creation, sales, marketing, the execution or delivery, as something that is fun, something that is abundant, something that is non-stressful. If it's seen as something that's incredibly stressful, our time in the driver's seat, so to speak, is going to be limited because we'll be out from sickness or whatever else pops up. So we have the physical body cues, we have the breathing cues, um, and we can do this in other ways as well. So going off of this from Simon's work, we also have other options such as creating systems or processes which help to create certainty. When we have certainty, this helps to create an environment that is also less stressful. Basically, we're looking for any way possible to reduce the perceived threat or the perceived stress of our life as a small business owner. So this was number one, perception of the subconscious mind from Simon Borg, Olivier. His avenue was through the breath. Now, your first things to do, your action items on this are to make sure that in each part of your working day, you can check in with the breath and notice whether it's stressed, whether it's high in the body, whether it's lower, whether it's relaxed. Is your physical body relaxed? You know, scan through the hands, the arms, the shoulders, the neck, move the neck around, move the legs, move the hips. Are you feeling tension that you're holding in there? If you're feeling tension, it's likely that your setup is being perceived as stressful. The activity you're engaging in is being perceived as stressful. So in this manner, we go through our whole day. You know, we do these little checks and try to understand, you know, how is this all being perceived? Is there anything I can do to help influence this, to help me? Can I open some windows? Can I bring some plants indoors? Can I get a standing desk? Can I set up some breaks during the day to go do some breath some breathing exercises. Okay, so that's number one. Now, this creates consistency. This creates health. This creates the ability to continue. This is a long game strategy. And for those of you who listen to me or kind of read my stuff in the past, you know that I'm all about the long game. So that's why this is number one. To go deeper, check out Simon's work. He's on Instagram. He's got a bunch of great blogs on his website. Uh, and I'll tag his handle here in the bottom of this episode. Okay, this takes us to the second lesson from the last 50 episodes. The power of play. Okay, the power of play for small business owners. So around 10 years ago, an author named Dan Pink wrote a book. It's called A Whole New Mind. I've mentioned this before on the podcast. And he outlines a bunch of different right brain attributes that he thinks are going to be key for business, for the workforce going forward. Effectively, he talked about things like symphonic thinking or symphony, um, design, uh, empathy, you know, all of these sort of more creative elements, story, one of them was play, all right? And now we fast forward 10 years and we're in conversation with two people who are on this, epi- on this podcast and we see the same thing popping up. 
And the more I go, the more I work with small business owners, people who are on their own path, creating something new, the more I see the value of this. And I'll now explain it. I'll go a little deeper here. So the first episode was with Rod Cooper at the Movement Collective, of course. Rod owns, Rod created the Movement Collective. He owns the Movement Collective. He co-created or co-owns TMC Kids as well. The gym up here, the Movement Collective is a a massive space, 700 odd square meters, 130 plus members. They do movement classes. Um, They teach hand balancing, acrobatics. It's a full spectrum place to go and move, to train, to grow as a human. It's really cool. Now, play is something that Rod brings into all of his teaching, into his own life, into his classes, into the whole methodology, the whole way of teaching, the whole way of moving, I guess. Now, what we see is in the movement space, we have this sort of playful nature that's kind of exuding through how we move and it helps to loosen us up it ties us you know back to the mind it's this kind of uh almost impossible to describe characteristic that exudes through the work that rod does now in when we're in this space the contrast to this would be to look at you know a way of say training such as going you know um, just strict bodybuilding or you know, uh, strict powerlifting or something which was far more numbers-based, far more linear. It's not that anything is wrong with that. It's just that it doesn't have the same element of play threaded throughout those methodologies. Now, how does this tie into business? Well, Rod, it turns out, is also one of the fastest people to implement anything and the most innovative people that I've worked with. So a good example of this is one day Rod decided to put up a a retreat and wanted to offer this as a new um, experience for people at the gym, at the business. Within 24 hours, he had outlined the whole retreat, put it up, gotten it onto social media and started to sell spots for the retreat. The way that Rod operates is through what's called prototype thinking, uh, rapid change, uh, obsessive innovation, and all of these draw on creativity and playfulness. It's a way of thinking. So the physical manifestation is play through movement, through games, through infinite games, through it could be you know, wrestling, juggling, movement itself, whatever, then the the business manifestation of play is in creativity, ideation, innovation, prototype thinking, changing things, trying things quickly, breaking your past mold and then reinventing and bringing something new. For business, this is super important because this brings a rich experience to those around, the client, staff, colleagues, whoever may be in the area. It also, if you think about innovation at a deeper level, is the main kind of goal or main focus of any real business. Because once you've created a product or service, you're uh, effectively commoditizing it. So you created something that exists. So if I create a, you know, a way of drinking coffee or I create a certain kind of coffee, 
certain brew, a certain bean. What's happened once I've created it is it's now readily available. So it's very easy for someone down the street to come in, see the recipe, copy and paste the same thing and recreate that experience or close to. So my job as a leader in that industry would be to then innovate, to create something new. So innovation in your business is super powerful, it's super important. And Rod is a teacher in this space and he exudes it in the physical domain, shows it, it shows up in the business as well. And I think there's a big takeaway. The second guest who also reiterated this was my friend Johan. And Johan is an artist and a designer. And he talks about bringing in play every day as something that's really important for us to do as business owners to enjoy what we do, to change things up. Basically, it's, 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 a, it's essential. It's a cornerstone of his whole mindset around business and around freelancing and around doing our work. Now, again, you can imagine I'm not a, you know, I don't really kind of call myself an artist or a designer or anything like that. However, you can imagine that bringing in play through the physical body maybe it's with your kids maybe it's with some juggling whatever it might be when you bring that into the physical body there's a there's a mental emotional repercussion then when you go to sit down and if you would say designing or you're creating something new you're helping someone to come up with a new idea it comes through it that same mindset the playful mindset exudes into the other areas of your work so the two action items that you can take away from the play pillow, one came from Rod and this was, he said, and I'll paraphrase, sometimes when I'm doing work, I get too tense, I get too caught up and I just need to stand up and shake it all out. I need to just move a little bit and play around a little bit because things get too tense and too linear. Okay, so the takeaway is when you set up your work block, maybe it's, you know, you're doing 60 minutes or 90 minutes or a day, whatever it is, break it up with some juggling, break it up with some play. You know, I've got a saying that I like, which is don't be boring. If you're sitting too long, if it starts to look boring, it probably is boring. Where can you bring some play into it? You know, and then the second takeaway is the section action item is from Johan. And this is one that I sort of more adapted from watching him, from working with him, from being around him, which was uh, kind of this, this other way of thinking about play is through your work, through your social media, through your email copies that you're sending to your members, through how you coach the class, you know, come to playful language, come to playful ways of structuring the class, you know, come to a playful way to you know, interact with your members or your clients to help to improve, you know, the lifetime value of the client or client retention. This has been a big takeaway for me, the places where I've been able to execute on this, uh, on this side of it has been definitely through social media and definitely through storytelling in my copy on my daily blog that goes out every day in the emails and through the way that I've used video images and kind of a little bit more art or creativity through social media so those are the two examples the pillar is bringing play into your work 
on a on a finishing note for this pillar i think as we go along and as i watch people's engagement on social media and on different platforms i think bringing educational value up across the board would serve a lot of people the platforms are very boring the the information that's available is quite boring and we want to be entertained you know as is the seriousness across the news across the media social media can be a place to go that's light you know so if you're finding things are feeling sticky they're not gelling you're not getting much engagement or attraction what would it look like to bring some creativity and play into your creations the things that you're creating and putting out there to the world okay so that's number two play Number three, this comes from uh, a guest who was on the podcast a couple of times and who I was fortunate to work with throughout the year. His name is Vic Hawksley. And the lesson here is on the importance of communication. I wanted to talk about empathy yet i'm going to talk about communication and both both were kind of brought to my awareness or um, illustrated through vic's work last year and i think we can all learn something from him here so let's get specific okay one of the things that vic was saying at the start of the year was that he wanted to learn to articulate more clearly express more clearly and one of the concepts that we dove into and this is a direct takeaway here for you one of the concepts was to start to understand when we're speaking when we're communicating that we have two sides firstly of course is the speaking side these could have gone in either order the speaking side and secondly of course is the listening side now on the speaking side the takeaway or the action item is this when I'm speaking, can I start to feel where I'm speaking from? Okay, can I feel where I'm speaking from? For example, I can be speaking up here like this from the throat, from the jaw, really high. I can be speaking from around here, a little bit lower, which is around the chest. And then finally, I can be speaking from lower, from the belly as well down low it's a slower way of speaking and it has to be because that's where the breath is coming from so this is important because when we put ourselves in the listener's shoes the listener is impacted depending on where impacted in different ways depending on where we're speaking from so the way we speak the way we show up changes the perception of the listener so it changes the emotions that we evoke now if we're trying to create change in a tribe in a community in the culture it's important for us to understand that we have control in how we show up how we speak the way that that lands and then therefore our ability to enroll of course the other side of the communication piece is the listening and I think Vic, out of all of the guests we had in the two episodes, really highlighted this, this ability to listen specifically to each client that he has at Anatomy in Motion 
as an individual and cultivate empathy through deep listening to the individual and understand that Jenny who comes in on a Monday may not be the same Jenny who comes in on the Thursday. And it's up to us as a coach, as a leader, as a business owner to understand this, to recognize this and to slow down enough and to cultivate deep listening enough to see what's really going on in Jenny's world. And this allows us to serve in a more powerful way because we can serve relative to the context that exists that specific day. So again, how am I speaking? The takeaway is of course, the action item is, am I speaking from the throat? Am I speaking from the chest? Am I speaking from the belly? Am I actively listening to understand the context, to understand the person who stands here before me today? Because if I am, I'm able to deliver a more powerful service. This is important because when we zoom out and look at how this plays out, yes, Vic's practitionership is exemplary. He's an amazing coach and he has the ability to communicate on both sides of that coin in an impeccable way, in a really great way that's engaging, it's informative, and it's educational. Now, we also see in the same sort of domain that his, uh, he has a wait list at the gym, the business has a wait list, so it's, it's basically booked out, and the lifetime value of the client is very, very high. So the, the retention is very high. The life's client life cycle is very high. I'm going to talk about this more in a different episode, but in a world where a lot of people are focusing on lead generation, if you can increase your client life cycle through better communication, it's often a far easier way to increase your annual revenue. And of course, be more profitable as a business as well. So that's number three is communication, the power of communication as a business owner, as a coach, as a leader, someone who's got a tribe, someone who's got staff, um, or even just someone who's working one-to-one with clients. Where am I speaking from? And thus, how might this be coming across to the other? And am I listening deeply? Yeah, am I listening to fully understand, to comprehend the full context in front of me? Okay, so number four. This is the importance of culture. I called this episode The Queens of Culture. This was from Brit and Shell from Pineapple Fitness, so another sort of gym or uh, fitness related business and the two takeaways with the basic result of putting culture first is this when i first met brit and shell i walked into their space their little space around the the previous space actually which was kind of a smaller sort of um sort of shed type setup and i was able to meet their a lot of their members a lot of the women who uh, work with them, who who train with them, and instantly I was just welcomed in. It was like, it was it was, and I've been around a lot of businesses, a lot of specifically businesses in the health and wellness space, but even from the the client, the member level, it was it just exuded like everyone felt at home. 
it was safe. It was it was a welcoming space. And it came straight across to me, of course, coming through because the energy, you know, perpetuates throughout these organizations when this happens. Now, how did they set this up? Of course, the business is thriving as well. Uh, you know, they're crushing it. They've opened a new facility. They're constantly growing. It's it's buzzing, right? So it, it's it's on the mental, emotional level, it's felt. And then, of course, on the bottom line too. How do they set this up? We always talk about culture. And a business owner will often say, yeah, we have great staff culture. We have great community with our clients and our members. And often it's said um, kind of, in passing or as a lip service and it's the concept is attractive for the owner but in reality it's not always addressed to the extent that the owner thinks or feels and we can tell because when you're in the in when you're in the space you can pick up the energy very quickly so what are the takeaways how did they actually set this up now there's two lessons that I wanted to share from that episode and the, the lessons are this. One is that they are in touch with each other and every member of the staff weekly. It's a non-negotiable to have a weekly staff meeting or one of the owners gets on a Zoom call with each member of the staff every week to check in. Okay, every week to check in to offer support to allow the staff member to hit the targets or hit their goals, whether those are personal or professional, and even off, and then also to offer a little bit of gentle push as well. So if, if you have everything that you need to be supported to reach this target, how can I challenge you to go further? How can I challenge you to reach this target in a way that you may have not, not have thought possible? Okay. So that's number one is the weekly attention to maintaining great relationship with every person who's on the team, all right? Now, number two is, I think, just so good, so cool. When the two, when Brit and Shell started to work together, they enrolled a mentor or a coach or a therapist to help them specifically to cultivate a more empowering, more powerful relationship with each other before they started to really grow the business. And they did this when they were in good relationship. They didn't wait for the relationship to break down. Okay, so I'm going to repeat this because it's it's so good. It's like I'm going to go into business say with Barry, and we're going to open, you know, an ice cream store or whatever, the very first thing that Barry and I do is say, okay, hold on, before we get started, let's go sit with somebody. Let's go to someone who understands leadership, who understands, you know, relationship, who understands being in, you know, communion with each other and see what we can learn. So I go and I sit with Barry and I learn how to interact with Barry. I learn about his values. I learn the way he likes to be spoken to. I learn how he likes to work. I learn what he stands for. And then imagine we then go and start to grow the business and we've got this North Star to come back to. So Brit and Shell have this constant ability to come back to each other's North Star, their values, and 
connect with each other on a level that's not possible if they hadn't done this upfront work. So this relates to a concept that I have and, and often speak about, which is communion leads communication, which leads content. So it's really no point coming into you know a meeting or whatever it may be with a bunch of topics that you want to get off your chest and cover if there's not great communication in the room, if people aren't present, if people aren't listening. And then it follows that we can't have great communication in the room if we aren't sitting in communion. So if the, the people in the room aren't shoulder to shoulder, if they're not aligned, if they're not breathing together for a common cause, a common vision. So there's a lot in this. The two takeaways, are the weekly meeting is a non-negotiable. And believe me, I've met, worked with, spoken to a lot of people who uh, would you know simply pass this off yeah we get along great we don't need to catch up we can catch up every few months whatever it may be the weekly meeting is non-negotiable in one some way shape or form and they're actively working on their own communication skills to be more powerful together and this is exudes through the staff through the team and then of course exudes through the clients and member base as well so really really cool one the power of culture and prioritizing culture that was number four okay so number five the last one for this episode this was a lesson that i learned from ben from the autumn rooms which is a cafe here in newcastle and they crush it. There's a strip, it's called Derby Street, a bunch of different cafes. And there's some great other cafes there for sure. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I love, you know, jumping into some of the other ones. However, I keep coming back to the Autumn Rooms. And there's a few different reasons. And I'm going to cover two of them here. But the main lesson, the main takeaway of the fifth attribute that I think is important is to understand the importance of helping the customer transform okay so this is the takeaway the, the importance of the transformation of the customer so what do I mean by this Ben talked to us about his experience with learning about coffee fairly late you know down in Melbourne and he worked in this uh, coffee shop that didn't serve anything except for black black coffee, different kinds of black coffee. And the roasters were proud Mary roasters and they, you know, they, they're known for roasting great coffee. And you would go into this place, I think it was called Auntie Pegs, and you would order coffee and they would say, you know, you can't have a latte, latte there's no milk. So you would you would send, then say you'd either, of course, leave, a couple of them would leave, but most of them would stay and then go, okay, well, tell me, tell me more. And then this opens the door for the barista to say, look, we have six different single origins. This one is from such and such a place. When you taste this, you might expect to taste these types of fruity overtones and you know the drill, you know how it goes with coffee shops. What this is doing is educating and transforming the customer. When the customer feels transformed, they feel empowered, they've grown. 
They've grown as a human through that experience. And this is very powerful for the customer in terms of uh, retention, in terms of coming back, because the experience itself is noteworthy. It's remarkable. So what's the action? How can we do this? Well, the way that Ben executed this one is one of the ways, of course, is that he started to give those little cards, these detailed cards, which outline all the details of the coffee, where it came from, uh, the, t- the place that it was grown, the altitude, the type of bean, uh, who the farmers were, the types of overtones and notes and flavors that you would get. This little card is given to you when you order your coffee. So what happens is you sit down and they say, you know, I can relate to this because I was in there the other day. I'll have a double espresso, whatever it is. That's that's what I get for context anyway. I'll have my double espresso. Great. Would you like the single origin? Sure. I'd love that. And they'd bring it out. Or actually, they would say, we have a single origin from Kenya. Would you like the single origin from Kenya? So, so yep, great. Bring it out. And then they bring it out and they'd hand me a card. And if I'm receptive to it, they'll say, whoever's, you know, whoever's brought the coffee out will say, um, this one's from Kenya. Uh, you'll notice these types of flavors. Uh, it's a smooth finish, et cetera, et cetera. What then happens is I taste the coffee and I'm looking for these tones. I'm educated now. I'm aware. And of course, I can pick them up because one, I'm expecting them, right? So I've got that um, that sort of foresight. And then two, I'm, I'm more focused. My attention is on the flavor of the coffee. So because I'm now going from someone who's just having coffee to someone who's enjoying the flavors, enjoying the notes that I've just been told about, it's a completely different experience. And what happens is I like this because I'm fancying myself in this situation. You have to have put yourself in the shoes here as a coffee drinker, someone who appreciates a dark coffee, an espresso. And so when I feel like I'm being transformed to someone who knows even more about coffee, of course, it's going to satisfy my ego. It's going to help my identity. So I'm now not just a coffee drinker. I'm not just an espresso drinker. I'm someone who enjoys a single origin from Kenya on a Thursday morning, right? This was his doing. This whole transformation is his ability to educate me and transform me was by design, it was implemented through bringing the card out, through choosing to educate the client. So if you're in a service-based business or you're in retail, whatever it may be, this takes me back to my retail days, we would educate the the customer who came into the running store profusely, everything, not just the shoes, but running technique. How could they best you know, execute on their next race, the half marathon they had coming up? tips around training, tips around, you know, maybe it was nutrition, whatever was relevant. We were experts in the field, so we were able to share this, educate and transform the customer. They were able to take that transformation away with them. It helps them on their journey. So how can you do this? Well, you can start by sharing more information around the why of whatever it is that you are doing. So you can share more insights around or more nuances around the movement, the training, whatever it is, 
with your audience. So, you know, if you're in yoga, for example, you could share some of the whys around this stuff, having empathy for the person who's in the class such that you speak it in a language that resonates with them. So basically you can simplify the why behind this stuff and share it with the audience, the people who are there in a language they understand to help educate and transform them so that when they go away, they not just feel empowered and feel like they're getting more closer to their goal, but also they have language to share this with other people and they can talk to their friends about it as well. So those are the big five. Of course, there were tons of other little ones, but I wanted to rip this episode and share some of these because you can implement them directly starting tomorrow, whatever it is that you do, through your social media, through your offline classes, your you know your um, retail, whatever it is that you're running, you can execute straight away. So I'm going to recap real quick the top five takeaways from the last 50 episodes. Number one is make sure as a business owner, your craft, your business, your journey is being perceived in a way that's abundant, that's healthful. This is the lesson of breath and perception. This comes from Simon Borg Olivier from Simon Synergy. And you can go back and listen to his episode. And this is allowing us to pass loving information through the body. So rather than stressing ourselves out, it puts us into an abundant state, a state that's able to continue, allows us to create consistency and longevity in our business. The ways to execute this are to understand how to check in with the breath, go back and listen to his episode, how to check in with the body, to scan for tension, to look for ways or signs that might be telling us that whatever it is that we're doing is a little bit stressful and then how we can pivot from that. Okay, it helps to create a positive lever and to be in this business, this game, whatever it is you're doing for a long period of time and not burn out. Number two was the power of play from Rod Cooper and Johan. Uh, Rod through the movement and also bringing it into the business. Johan was the takeaway of bringing play in every day and how this can help to elevate creativity and innovation and playfulness in your work. And then, of course, how this can help to boost the entertainment value of your social media, your story writing, your storytelling, your copy in your, um, you know, in your weekly newsletters. So things feel serious. Things feel busy, you know, when you run a business, when you're starting something, when you're creating your own path. Bring the play in because it's going to come across through your work. And typically as an audience, we like that. You know, it's 2020. Things are pretty heavy out and about. We like the playfulness and the things that we engage in. Number three, the power of communication from Vic Hawksley. Where am I speaking from? The awareness of how we're coming across when we show up, when we speak, when we express, when we articulate. When you speak, are you speaking from down low, down at the belly? You know, what does what kind of impact does this have? For the listener, are you speaking from the chest a little bit higher up, a little bit faster? Are we speaking really high up from the throat, like this, from the mouth? 
you know, these evoke different emotions, everything from energizing, radiance, and down low, typically genuineness or trust as well. And of course, the other side of the communication, the listening to understand. Am I really seeing this person? Am I listening to what they say? Because when they come to me on a Friday, they're going to be different to last Friday or to Monday. How, what can I learn here and how might this impact how I deliver my message, my product, my service in a more powerful way? Uh, number four, this is the power of culture from Brit and Shell over at Pineapple Fitness here in Newcastle. The If you are in communion, if things are right, at the top level, laterally between co-owners, founders, and the next level through staff and colleagues, then it can be rich and the, the culture can be great through to the clients as well. So it exudes from all levels. The takeaways, the action items is that the weekly meeting is non-negotiable. And this might be, look, if you're a solo practitioner, this might be a weekly meeting with yourself or with you know, your life partner or with a friend or a coach or a mentor, someone to check in to keep your own mind right and your energy right. And then the second action was that they worked with a therapist, a coach, a mentor at all stages and particularly at the start to understand how they can be in more powerful communion with each other, more powerful communication, and therefore deliver exceptional content create a great service and experience across the board in the years to come and this plays out and the last one we touched on was the power of transforming and educating the client the customer the member not just delivering the service and when you do this when you transform the customer through elevating their knowledge or you know their experience and helping them to shift closer to who they want to become you create a different experience altogether so on one hand i can get a coffee and on the second hand i can get a coffee and be taught about the origin of the beans the flavors the tones when we are transformed and educated it's a different experience and we like that because it helps us to feel like we're growing in the direction that we want to head as a human. Now, quick note on that, you can do that through online platforms as well. So of course, one type of content would be educational content or transformative content that gets your audience closer to the people that they want to become. Okay, that's it. I hope you enjoyed Five Big Pillars Perception and Breath with Simon Borg, The Power of Play with Rod and Johan, Communication with Vic Hawksley, Culture with Britton Chow, Transformation of the Customer with Ben, takeaways you can execute on for each of them. Hope you enjoy. Any questions, send them along, john at johntmarsh.com. Hope you enjoyed this little episode. Please give me some feedback. Send some. I love to hear your questions, your feedback on it. Uh, because of course it influences, you know, feedback influences what I create going forward. So I'd love to hear what you thought of this one. Might do another one at episode 
100. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you on the next one. This is John Marsh and you just listened to the Access Potential podcast. I've just met three people now that I've met through those calls in person for the first time today after two hours of sleep. And I'm, it's like I know them. I'm very comfortable. I've been greeted with hugs, you know, and, and, um, and real warmth and real connection. Genuine, like not, no, no bullshit here. It's like real. And it's because we've cultivated that through the calls. The Access Potential Academy is a six-month program for small business owners, creators, freelancers who are looking to level up. So this program has two components. It has the group syllabus or the group component and then it has the individual side of it as well. So in any given month, we have two group calls. We use Zoom, which is a really cool platform to connect even globally to go through the group work, the start and the end of each month. And then we have an individual call as well. And this allows you and I to connect on a one-to-one basis and do work that's specific to where you're at in your business and what you're working on. So as we heard from Andy, these group calls are pretty cool. When we ran the first offline event in the first round of APA, I wasn't sure how everyone was gonna connect. I didn't know how it would feel coming into the same room. And it blew me away. Because we're doing project-based learning together, we're not just connecting on calls, we're growing through this tension of the learning, the tension of the execution on these projects, this homework, this group syllabus together. And when people grow together, they connect. It's powerful stuff. So if you're interested in finding out more, send me an email, john at johntmarsh.com. The starting point, of course, is just to connect and find out more about what you're into, what you're looking to create, what you would like to develop, and where things are at for you coming in to 2020. Thanks again for listening.